to the Morning Word Podcast. This is your host, Brother David, and I hope you prepared your hearts to hear the Word of God from the man of God right now. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all the podcast listeners in the house today. This is your host, Brother David, alongside with Pastor Stephen Berthelow. Amen. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Pastor John uh, Matthews is on vacation, resting, relaxing. He deserves uh, so over, overly do and deserves it so much, him and his wife. So we're praying that they're just enjoying and relaxing uh, uh, wherever they may be. Amen. Uh, how are we doing this uh, this morning, Pastor? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It's definitely a blessing to be able to uh, jump on this podcast. I've been a faithful listener for the last uh, couple months now, and uh, so I'm just excited to be able to sit in this seat and uh, be able to share some thoughts. Amen, amen. And to all our listeners, just uh, be on the lookout. We, we are definitely looking to expand. We've already done so with uh, Missionary Lovett and Missionary Williams. Uh, now we have uh, Pastor Stephen Berth alone. We're looking to continue that expansion going forward uh, so that way we can hear from different perspectives and how God uses people in so many different ways. Yes. Um, but with that, uh, uh, before we get started, we just want to have uh, open up with a word of prayer. Father, we come to you right now. We say thank you for being such a wonderful God and a kind God and a merciful God and a gracious God. As we heard your word today, how you constantly extend your mercy and your grace towards us because you have a promise that's designed specifically for your will and your purpose and your way. And we want to submit and be obedient to that, Lord Jesus. We want to surrender ourselves unto you, Father. We want you to have total control over our lives, Lord. Yes, Lord. So we, we thank you and we ask you right now to uh, give us the words that we need to speak today so that the listeners that are hearing this podcast can hear the word, understand it, and then apply it in their lives, yes, Lord. Lord. So we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, uh, Pastor Pastor Stevens, real quick, um, since, uh, you know, this is your first time on, we want to get the listeners an opportunity to uh, get to know who you are um, and a little bit about you. So maybe if you want to kind of just take a, a, a summary uh, because we do want to get some word as well in here uh, of, you know, maybe how you, when, when you came to know Christ, what did that look like and how did you eventually you end up here in New Philadelphia? Most definitely. So um, my story is like, I think the majority of a lot of Christians where you kind of grew up in a church um, at, at a young age and, you know, you, you grow up hearing about Jesus and God and, and these types of things, but never really made a, a true commitment to following Jesus uh, at all. And then uh, in my later uh, teen years, uh, having really heard the gospel taught to me by a friend of mine, actually, uh, while we worked at uh, Badcock Furniture, delivering furniture on the delivery truck. And uh, having heard him actually explain to me the gospel. And he was a guy who I looked up to and uh, he explained it to me. And I think that was the first time I really understood what the gospel was all about and its implications, yes. though I still really didn't make that decision at that time. But it really was explained clearly to me. Fast forward to my first year of college. And while I was there, uh, you know, trying to continue in sin and, and doing the things I wanted to do. But then 
like the the knowledge that I then had of the gospel, like it conflicted with it so hard um, to where um, um, for the first time in my life at that point, I had really felt the, the weight of my sin that I had never felt before, which led me to, you know, being convicted of sin, God really drawing me like that, uh-huh. um, bringing me to my knees, so to speak, and, uh, and just crying out to God, repenting of my sin, you know, turning to trust Jesus, started reading the Bible. Um, so all throughout my college career, that's what it was, was this, this process of, of, you know, out with the old, in with the new, so to speak, um, really learning about Jesus, following in love, uh, follow, uh, follow, falling in love with the word of God. Mm-hmm. I'm dedicating myself to study. Uh, and then uh, how I got to New Philadelphia was after I graduated, um, I got plugged in at, at the church I was attending um, here in St. Petersburg. Um, and I was there for, uh, I think, I don't know, a couple, couple years uh, afterward. Uh, and then somewhere in the mixed, uh, in the mix of all of that, God led me away and said, no, nah, I got something else for you. I kind of went without a church for a while. Uh, another friend of mine introduced me to um, the idea that pastor, because I knew Matthews before he coached me in football when I was a little kid, you know? Yeah. So they, you know, another friend of mine told me, oh yeah, he's got a church over here. You should come check it out. Um, so I said, all right, no problem. I'll go check him out. So one, I think it was a, I want to say it was a sunrise service for Easter, like in 2014, I believe. I came, visited, spoke mm-hmm. with him for like 30 minutes after service, been here ever since. And then since that time, um, you know, got plugged in doing different things, teaching different in, di- in different areas. And so um, the road to, I guess, being, you know, pastor now of New Philadelphia Christian Center was just that faithfulness in doing the little things and doing those, uh, um, you know, teaching the teens, doing this, doing that, um, maintaining a good name, those types of things. And then, you know, obviously God answering that call from God, and now just faithfully serving as pastor. What what has uh, been some of the, the the challenges for you uh, making the, you know, or committing to the, the decision to be attending New Philadelphia? Mm. Well, you know, I would say the biggest one mm-hmm. is change. Is going from, you know, being at a church for as long as I was uh, and you know, there being a change there, I think a lot of times, you know, change is a difficult thing Uh and it's not always comfortable because you're dealing with the unknown. And, you know, I kind of knew, though I didn't like, you know, certain things, I still knew it, you know what I mean? And and so when you, when you bring about and say, okay, there's going to be this change now where you're going to a a new ministry. And even after speaking with Pastor Matthews that first time, you still have that sense of like, how is this really going to play out? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, are you trying to sell me something? You know what I mean? Honestly, that's really what goes to your head. Like, are you really, are you trying to sell me something? You know, and you know, I, for one, I always think, Hey, when I talk to somebody and they tell me all of this good stuff, all right, what's your hidden agenda? I, my mind always goes there too. Yeah. Um, so there's there's all of the, I think those are the type of challenges when you when you start talking about change, and when you're when when you are changing a church when when God leads you in a different direction, uh, you know, really trusting you know uh, the God in that leader. So I had to trust Pastor Matthews and what he was saying and in, in in the God that was was in Pastor Matthews and I think that. That is the probably the biggest challenge is, is in that transition. So do you feel a lot of that trust uh, was also facilitated by the fact that he used to be a coach? You know what? Uh, not. I'm a, okay, I, it's funny. I just talked to my wife about this. Uh, my memories of Pastor Matthews, because I was like eight when he was my football coach, you know. Okay. It was a long time ago. Um, 
So I didn't see him like going back then. I didn't see him as a religious leader. He just was a coach, you know. Right. And how many kids love their coaches? <laughs> you know, coach. Yeah. Him, he didn't be playing me more and things like this. So that wasn't. I didn't have a trust of him in that sense. But my memories of Pastor Matthews was actually when he was a reverend at the pre, my previous church as well, okay. and he was always one of my favorite uh, preachers on a Sunday. Though he didn't preach often, but every yeah. time he did, I always looked forward to it. And the reason why, honestly, I've got to be honest, yeah. it wasn't because of the like, it wasn't because the word was banging. Like, oh yeah, I just know it was because he was funny, and so I knew every time he preaches, I know I'm gonna get a good laugh. So All I right. look forward to that. Honestly, that's the honest to goodness truth. Uh, I always look forward to him preaching because, you know, it was gonna be good teaching, no doubt. But I always was gonna get a good laugh out of it. Honestly, that was really my mindset. So when I came to New Philadelphia that first time and had to truly. That first conversation I had with, with uh, Matthews at that time was like the first really in-depth conversation just about life, about, you know, our walks with God, about the vision of the church. Like this was the first time we had that type of a conversation. Mm -hmm. And so through that conversation, I think I, you know, when my friend told me he had a church, I was like, okay, I'll go check it out. We'll see what's up. Oh, yeah, they're at Lake Vista. So already I'm like, whoa, that's different. Yeah. Because, hey. I'm used to building. building yeah. I'm used to this over here, this over that. So it's like, oh, yeah, they over here at Lake Vista. It's like, okay, this different. But I'm still going to go check it out. You feel me? Yeah. And then when I go and actually get into that conversation with him, uh, it was like it was infectious almost like in talking to him with my ideas of making sure everything's on the up and up, right. thinking about hidden agendas, all these types of things. But in talking to him, I could see the God in it already. You know what I'm saying? It was no question. So, and again, like I say, after that, that after that Sunday of coming, it's like I was here, you know. I and to tell the truth, I ain't trying to, you know, but to tell the truth, I never even did new membership. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't I still don't have that 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 that's certificate. certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I just was here, man. I just was here, you know. Amen. And uh, that's how it went. So, okay, so now that you, you've gone through that and, you, you know, you, you kind of learned some about your challenges uh, coming, now what about during the process mm. while you're here going from member uh, to now operating with, uh, within the church, ministering, and then eventually going to the call of uh, pastoralship? Most definitely. You know, I think the greatest challenge, by the way, for the listeners, this is unplanned, so I don't know the questions he's asking. I'm not. I'm, I, I didn't come here with, with pre-prepared answers. I'm just giving these straight off the top of my head, straight out, out of my heart. But the greatest challenge, honestly, deals with myself. It doesn't deal with ministry. It doesn't deal with, you know, some sort of knowledge. None of that stuff. It has mm -hmm. to deal with specifically myself. Because when you start talking about ministry, when you start talking about really serving God in the form of serving people, right? You got to get you. It's you. You're the person who stands in the way of you being able to do that effectively. Amen. Right. Amen. So you get confronted with that immediately. It's like, yo, okay. Can you teach the teens? And for me, that's my comfort zone. My comfort zone is honestly, my comfort zone is things like this. This is easy, mm -hmm. right? Like I enjoy these types of conversations. Right. I enjoy teaching kids teens, high school age, that's really easy for me to do. Okay. But when you start talking about, oh yeah, and it'll go preach this sermon, that for me is actually very uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if people realize that. Maybe they think I'm really comfortable doing that, but I'm not. It's actually very uncomfortable uh, Uncomfortable for me to do those types of things. Uh, and so there was a huge step outside of a comfort zone when you start talking about preparing sermons, 
you know, um, um, all these types of things. Uh, and then you're dealing with people who have different backgrounds, who aren't always going to be nice, you know, okay. who, you know, let's call our Christian people always the nicest people. Absolutely not. No. You know, <laughs> we would like to say, Oh yeah, I wish I go and meet a whole bunch of Christian folks. No, they might not always be the nice people you meet. So, you have to deal with those thoughts in your mind. It's like, yo, it was easy for me to sit in the back, just show up and go home. Like right. that was real simple. And yeah. I could go back to doing that. You know what I'm saying? I'll be cool with that. So you have to fight against those, those temptations and urges. Uh, I honestly, I've thought of so many different ways to, to sit down. <laughs> I'm being honest, you know, <laughs> yeah. I could just sit down, man. I, you know, I could just sit down, you know? Uh, but so it, my greatest challenge is really myself of, you know, continuing to pursue God. Cause that's a cute, I mean, there's so many different things that really it hangs on you. Like, yes. are you going to do it? God is leading you. Yes. God is here. Yes. But are you going to listen? Are you going to be, be obedient? Are you going to follow? And so um, that, that's that been my greatest challenge is just defeating that 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 inner Stephen that just kind of wants to do what he wants to do. So for the the calling to becoming a pastor, what what did that process, you know, how did that process come about or what did that look like? Uh, honestly, so for the longest, man, it's funny how God would like plant seeds. I've had people come up to me since I was in my late teens, early twenties, who will come up to me and say, yep, God didn't call you to be a pastor. You know, just from that time, you know, moving forward mm -hmm. has always been planting that seed and, and, and has had just ha always has had that in my mind. Right. And I didn't understand. And I'm talking people who I don't even know. I'll be in a church. Uh, just listening to worship in the back, like I like to sit. I love sitting in the back, mm -hmm. and a, you know, a guy would come up to me, or a lady, God would just send somebody to come up to me and say that to me, and then he just walk off. I'm like who, did, who? Who was that? I don't even know who that was. <laughs> so God has always been kind of planting that seed in my mind, like, yep, this is the direction I want you to go into, mm -hmm. and keeping this in my fore in the forefront of my mind. Um, so, like I say, when I got to New Philadelphia and pastor started to, um, you know, have me to, you know, uh, teach the, the kids and, and this and that, um, we would have conversations. And, and, and at that point, he had also revealed to me, you know, the vision for the church, planning these seven different churches. And he, you know, looking for young men. It was funny because those first conversations we had when he mentioned that type of stuff, he would never say me. You right. know, but he would tell me and it'd be like God on my back, like, bro, he's talking about you right now. You know, <laughs> like, let's not let's not, you know, let's not play stupid. Like he's talking about you right yeah. now. You know? So um, so I kind of knew going way back to like 20, you know, the earlier times when I was here, like this is probably the direction that God is taking me into. And uh, and then uh, so from there, ultimately, it's really like, you know, can you keep your life clean? Mm -hmm. You know, uh can you know? Can you continue to dedicate yourself to studying the Word of God? Because you got to have something to say. Yes. You got to be able to help people. Yes. You know, you can't help them just with good advice that you get out. You know, you got to get be able to go into the Word and really help uh, people and counsel people uh, and those types of things. So, can you dedicate yourself to studying the Word of God? Yes. You know, can can you can you uh, you know flee from sin and, and keep your life you know not perfect? Nobody's perfect, but can you you know not find yourself in some sort of you know foolishness? Right. You know what I'm saying in the news, you know doing something stupid. You know what I mean? So. How much of yourself are you are you going to devote to, like really trusting, following God? You know what I mean. And I think for, so that process was was that was really it. And 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 Pastor kind of, you know, Pastor Matthews is the type of dude to where he's not like on your shoulder every day. Hey, what are you doing today? Hey, what are you doing? No, nah. mm -hmm. he's 
he kind of watches you from a distance. He lets you know what's up, but then he's not going to stay on you like that. He kind of yeah. watches you from a distance. So I think that's kind of what that process was like. So then, it, you know, of course, it was uh, at first I was ordained a minister. Right. And then from there, you know, I think a couple of years later, it was uh, associate pastor and then pastor. So. Uh. All yeah. right. It's been All a right. it's been a process. It's been a it's been a long process. It wasn't like it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like, hey, I got a great idea. Steve, you want to be a pastor? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. All right, fist bump. Let's do it. No, no, it wasn't like that. It was it was years in the making. <laughs> well, we, we, you know, you say that, but uh, you'd be surprised how many churches operate like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you know that's kind of like the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that kind of leads us, I guess, to what we want to discuss today. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So. Um, uh, if you want to hit that off and, and let the people know what uh, what are we going to be covering. Today. Yeah. So basically, and I think that was a great way to segue into that, um, because the church has an issue. Right. Um, and. And I put like this and I'm speaking directly, you know, I guess, here in America, especially because, hey, we live here and we, we understand what's going on. Um, the church has an issue. And. And not only that, but the church is not as influential as I believe the church should be in this country at, at all. Amen. Um, it's it very minor influence, and the influence it has to be truthful, it doesn't seem. You know, we can we could we could probably debate whether or not it's really doing the work of God. You, you know, what type of influence it's really having in this country. But I read this um, article this past week. Uh-huh. In the article, uh, and you can probably look it up too. The article is titled. More than half of U.S. adults, 30% of evangelicals believe Jesus isn't God. Mm. And when I read that, I said, what? You know, I, I know the church has some issues, but this was, it was very eye-opening. Just seeing the title alone, 30% of evangelicals believe Jesus isn't God. Yeah, so you can look at the, the first part. It says more than half of U.S. adults. So you're talking already just adults. Right. So 50% of the adults already say there is no God. Right. Now you got 30% of evangelicals that say that believe that Jesus isn't God, isn't God, isn't God, <laughs> which is crazy. How are you? First off, how are you an evangelical and you don't believe like one of the most central foundational core, yeah. core beliefs of Christianity, which is Jesus is God. Amen. And, Amen. but so at that point, then, and as we discuss the church, we talk about the church. Well, the church is the body of Christ. It is the people. So when you start talking about the church and its influence, if the church can't get its own foundational principle, like the, the main one correct, then what type of influence can we have on the rest of the world, on, on this country, on our state, on our city, on our, you know, what type of influence can we truly have? Yeah. Um, so in looking at this particular um article one of the quotes i'm just gonna read one real quick mm-hmm. out from out this article um it, it says this it says it's clear that the church does not have the luxury of idly standing by uh this is a time for christians to study scripture diligently engage confidently with people in our culture and witness fearlessly excuse me to the identity and saving work of jesus christ in the gospel Amen. so just looking at this statement the first sentence, I think, clearly dictates, you know, what is it we really need to be doing right now as Christian people? The, we don't have the luxury of just standing by and saying to ourselves, 
oh, somebody will, somebody will come about and do this. It's kind of like what you were talking about when you were re- referencing yourself, how you can just come to church. Right. And not, right. And just go right. home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, again, again, because the church is the body. And this, I think I, I talked about this last week during my sermon last week. I believe it was last week or the week before that, talking about the body of Christ and the fact that the body of Christ is each individual member who are members one of another. Amen. We are the church. So it's not like I can't, there's no invisible group of people that I can point to and say, oh yeah, they'll go do it. And I'm just going to keep chilling, doing what I'm doing. Like, no, the, the point is, is the onus is on you. You have to be the one to do something about it because we all can perceive that this is an issue. And so, um, you know, what does it take? What do I need to do to 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 be able to engage this type of, you know, bad teaching, bad doctrine? Yes. And, and do my part because we have to see that it's if I'm not going to sit idly by, then clearly there's something I have to do. Right. OK. Right. If there's something I have to do. Uh, then first off, I need to know what that thing is to do that, that what it is I need to do. And, and, and I also have to be prepared in order to be able to engage the, the people who are saying that Jesus isn't God. Right. Basically, let me say this too, before I move forward with that thought, this stat also means that at some point in time, you're going to meet a Christian who doesn't believe Jesus is God. Amen. (laughs) 30%. Yeah. At some point I'm going to be in conversation with somebody who says, Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. And as you continue interacting with this individual you'll find that oh my goodness i don't think they think jesus is god amen you know what i'm saying so at that point what do i do at that point i'm in conversation do i say oh uh once that revelation hits me like oh yeah uh buddy over here he don't think jesus is god like do i just let that go like oh you just you just keep believing what you want to believe like my stance is is absolutely not yes there are some things there are some things that um, I can agree to disagree with you on. Right. Right. And maybe one day we'll, we'll do a podcast and we'll talk about some of these other issues. Right. Sure. There are some issues within Christianity that we can disagree on. Amen. But we can still be brothers. Like we can still say, yeah, I don't agree with this particular point that, that you feel this way about whatever doctrine right. this is. But we, we still but we still hold firm the core beliefs of what Christianity is all about. Correct. Right. Yes. But then there are other issues that we can't disagree on, because if we do, we're not even talking about Christianity anymore. We're not talking about the same God. We're not. We're preaching another Jesus. A whole different Jesus. And and this is what it boils down to is if I'm in a conversation with someone who purports to be Christian mm-hmm. and within this conversation, it's like, Oh yeah, da, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jesus is God over here. And then God over, like, wait, 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 are you saying that you don't think Jesus and God is the same is, is one? Like, no, they're not, they, you know, you know, like, hold on. We're now we're not talking about the same thing. And so this is something that at that point, I believe I need to address. And not only that I need to address it, but I need to be able to address that. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead, bro. No, no, I was going to say, you know, Going back to the beginning, to to just the, the very title of the uh, article, it's just more than half of U.S. adults. So just dealing with the half of the U.S. adults that don't believe Jesus is God. Keep in mind, that's also referencing you have your different denominations within Mormonism that don't look right. at Jesus as God. Right. You got your Jehovah's Witness. Right. And even though they may be, quote, unquote, classified under Christianity, uh, they do not believe 
Right. Jesus is God. Right. And I think oftentimes uh, when we hear such a thing is how do we respond to it? And how do we uh, how do we challenge them to think differently about sure. who Jesus is? And we fall in, you know, some people uh, get fearful because why? Uh, you, you, you read the uh, that quote. I think it was the second line that deals with it. Um, looking for the oh, cases. Okay, uh, it is clear that the church does not have the luxury of idly standing by. But then he says, this is the time for Christians to study, study yes. scripture. Yes. And and that's where, you know, people don't, you know, they don't want to do that because they're so caught up, first of all, into their own lives, their mm-hmm. own things. Mm-hmm. You know, when I get home, I, I don't want to read nothing. I just want to just lay down, throw on TV mm-hmm. and just let the time pass me by. So it's time to go to sleep, fall right. up, wake up and get back into the same routine over again. Uh, or Or the mentality is. Well, that's really the job of the pastor. Oh my goodness! Or, that's or the, one. the evangelist. Yep, that's the uh, one there. And, yep, and that's that's what they're supposed to do. I just need to come to church, hear the word, and go back home. And right. That's, it. that's the. It, listen, bro, you hit it right on the head. Uh, and and I think that's like, you, you for a Christian person, for a, a active member in the body of Christ, I'm gonna keep using those terms because I think it's important that we see that. The church is the body of Christ. Amen. You're part of the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. If I'm part of the body of Christ, surely I should want to know what it's all about. Sure. So why would I not desire to study the word? I'm just as guilty as the next man of doing what you just said. Get, you know, get off work. I'm tired. You know, I'm a pastor. Yes. I also have a full time job. Amen. You know what I mean? I understand that struggle. Big time. Yes. But I still have to, I know every week I'm going to have to invest at least 10 hours of study. At least. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Extra. Yeah. To, in order to get up here on a Sunday morning and, 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 and speak for what, you know, 30 minutes, yeah. 40 minutes. But I got to know what, what I'm talking about. And, and so and, go ahead, bro. No, I was just going to say, and people don't realize that's what it means when the Bible says present your body as a living sacrifice. Yes. That's what it's all about. That's the sacrifice that we're it's making. It's a sacrifice. Amen. So if the word of God, right, because we read the scripture, you know, um, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is active, it's living, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We know that the word of God is powerful. Why aren't we, like, using it? Why aren't we getting into the word and really understanding what it means, you know, for our lives? And I believe, honestly, you start talking about the influence of the church. When the body of Christ starts studying the word of God diligently, yes, then and only then will we actually be as influential as we should be. Yes. But because we don't do it, how can we be an influence? So and how does that look? That looks like this. In my everyday life, yes. when I'm talking to my brothers, you know, my, my, my natural, you know, my blood brothers, sisters, my cousins, my coworkers, whoever, mm-hmm. as I'm dealing with my these relationships, like the light of Christ shines. Why? Because it's because I can't help but let it shine. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Because I study the word, because it's in me, it's in my heart, it's in my mind. When you speak like this is my perspective. When I hear, you know, a, a circumstance someone's going through, I can't help but think the word of God because it's in me, right? The scripture tell us, Matthew 5, 16, so let your light shine before men that they see your good deeds and glorify oh your God. father in heaven. That's right. So it's like, how can that light shine if I don't have the light with it? I got to put it in. I got to study. Yes. I got to get into this thing. Yes. And that's what will cause me to be able to identify how difficult, brother, let me ask you this. How difficult is it 
because I know you study the word, uh-huh. right? How difficult is it to identify a fake Christian? It's not. It's not difficult at all, man. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. It's easy. And that's not a judgmental thing. That's just an easy thing. You understand the fruit of yep. what a, a, a person who's filled with the Spirit of God, you know what that looks like Amen. when you're filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. But when you ain't filled with the Spirit of God, when you're not in the Word, when you're not, oh Lord, I don't want to offend nobody. But when you ain't, <laughs> when you when you claim the body, but you ain't really in the body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, I mean, you know, I come mean, on. A good example is when uh, Mary walked uh, up to Elizabeth and immediately, uh, the baby leaped, uh, moved in in the body mm-hmm. of, of Elizabeth. Yes, it was a confirmation. Yes. So when you meet Christians, there should be a confirmation between right. one another. Right. Uh, and and that's that's how that's why I say it's pretty easy to tell because you know right you then know. and there. Uh, but when you're doing your thing and you make it all about you, then that's where the challenge comes. Not for the individual who has the relationship and seeking God and studying, but for the person that doesn't. Mm. Because there's a sense of conviction yes. that begins to set apart. And then if you're not careful, you can allow condemnation to set in because mm. you know you're not in a place yes. where you should be. Yes. And then that's that's where the struggle happens. And that's why people don't witness. People don't witness because they don't want to be challenged. They don't want to... Um, they're afraid that they don't know the answer. When God, right. God lets us know, he'll do the speaking for us. Yes. It's not about uh, how well you are in eschatology or Christology or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's about, one, do you have a relationship with him? Because that's all he wants you to have. Mm-hmm. You know, people, uh, I heard this, and I love this, So uh, it was so uh, easily put together, where uh, if it would be like, a person like if I if I met my wife, and to express my love to my wife, I gave her uh, sixty six love letters, mm. and she never read any one of them. Mm. Mm. You know, bro, I feel a little offended. <laughs> like, hold on now, I slaved over this. <laughs> <laughs> I worked hard to put these yes. sixty six love letters together yes. to you because I want to show you how much I love you mm. and how much I care about you. But you never took the time to read it. And he must take the time. Lord have mercy. And yeah. that's that's what we do as saints. We yeah. don't take the time to get into scriptures. Take the time. Take the time. You know, going back to this quote, mm-hmm. in part three of that quote, it says, engage confidently with people in our culture. Well, you can't engage confidently without having studied. Amen. This goes back to influence once again. I can't confidently do anything in the name of Jesus if I don't first study. Amen. I'll just be like the sons of Sceva. Yes. You know what I'm saying? In the name of Jesus, whom Paul, Paul preached, preach. you know, in the name of Jesus, whom John Matthew speaks about on Sunday morning. I, you know, <laughs> I know you got to know this for yourself. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So that way I can. That's why, like, I can. That's why I love these conversations. I can have these conversations and be confident in what I'm saying because I know what I'm saying is true. Why? Because it's the word. It ain't. It's not my word. When I start speaking my word, then I can ha- start having, you know, oh, I hope this is correct. I hope what I'm saying is right because it's coming from me. But when I'm speaking what the word of God says, yes. I can speak that confidently to any circumstance. And, and let me say this too. Even in, in my workplace, I don't work in a profession that is Christian. The majority of us don't. The majority of us work just 
work, you know, wherever. And, and, and But what I find is this, because of the light that I have in me, you know what? Let me go to the scripture first. I'm going to say this. I'm going to make that point, but let me go to the scripture. John, going going to uh, the book of John real quick in uh, chapter one. Uh, this is one thing that the word says about, and this is why it's important to understand Jesus and that Jesus is God. Going to John chapter one, yeah. verse number four, it says, in him, Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse five, the light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the life that 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 Christ imparts into me is literally light. Amen. So as I'm in my workplace and that light is shining, it's interesting that my coworkers all say, "Bro, you like Gandhi or something?" That, that that's their only that's their only reference point, right? Like you're such a peaceful person, yeah. always you know looking at things from the bright side, so to speak. Their only reference is Gandhi. They're like, "Oh, you, you just like Gandhi." Here, here go. So every time I start talking, and, oh, here go Gandhi with his you know peaceful approach and everything like that. But but what they're really referencing is is this light uh-huh. that is comes from God. You know, and all I have to do at that point, again, go back to Matthew 5, 16. All I have to do at that point is direct them to the source. Why, why is it that I shine like this? Man, this is nothing but Jesus. Amen. And I can say that. I can say that with all confidence. And so now all of them know exactly who I am and who I, who I represent. And so if they ever have like any question or any whatever, I'm the first person they come to. Right. You know what I'm saying? But right. why? It's because I study. Amen. And it's be- and because I study, it's I can I can uh how's that quote go again? I can eagerly engage the culture or something like that. It says I can engage the culture around me, even in my workplace. Yes. I can engage it confidently, and because I do that now, now they have a reference that they can go to. And I believe that in God's timing, that a lot of the people who I even work with, who I mm-hmm. interact with, they're going to come to the knowledge of Christ for themselves and make that decision to follow Jesus as God draws them. But th- that influence would be hindered greatly if I first didn't do my part. And that is simply study. Yes. Study to show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I got to get into the word of God and study. Now, let me say this too. I know time, and let me know what time yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But let, let me share this, 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 this scripture because I think this is kind of where we, where we are in Mark um, chapter 7. Uh Mark chapter seven, I'm going to start at verse six. Uh, And this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Mm. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. I, I believe that this is kind of where we are right now. Amen is we have all these people, all these evangelicals mm-hmm. who are who are emphatically, you know, uh, uh, honoring the Lord with their lips, but they really don't know him. Yeah. And because they really don't know him, and why is it that they don't know the Lord? Well, I'm going I'm to submit this to you today. I, and, you know, this one I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Uh, uh, it's a lack of love. I really don't think they really love God. Amen. I really think they love themselves. I think they love their platforms. I think they love the money that they get from their different platforms. I think they love all of that stuff. And they have a little bit of love for God. Like I like him. He's good. But I really love. He's, like, help, he's helping me get what I want. He's helping me get what I want. I love the influence I have. Right. And so in vain, Jesus says, in vain, they worship me. 
Because they really ain't even really worshiping me. Yeah. They really worshiping themselves. They worshiping other stuff. And that's why it says that in the last days, uh, many are going to come to him and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do thus and thus mm. in thy name? Yes. And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Right. And to know is to have that intimacy, that yes. relationship, that yes. love with one another. But on top of that, too, just, you know, for people's understanding, and, and I love what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4. I'll read that to you. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is the judge, the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Mm. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. In season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort, and, com and with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, mm. but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Into myths. And that's, that's where we find ourselves. That's why when we read articles like this that discuss what's going on in America and, and how people don't believe Jesus is, is God. Uh, and, and that, that puts us in a predicament of now, what are we doing to ensure that we stay sound, that, that mm -hmm. we are mm -hmm. in the word of God, because we are living in the last days. Yes. And we have to go out and, and, and let the world know, go out into the old world, preach to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy ghost. This is our proclamation. This is our commandment. This is what we've been set out to do. Uh, but we, we got to do it with conviction, with knowledge and understanding of who God is. He said in his word, if you don't believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Mm -hmm. Very plainly. Yes. So we have to have that relationship with Christ. Uh, on that note, I'm going to give Pastor just a minute for uh, to summarize any other last thoughts. Okay. One minute. Okay. So let me say this. Uh, the, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. He is literally the manifestation and expression of God for us. He is God. Amen. Uh, as we, and I encourage everybody, study the word of God. If you want to, you know, reap the benefits of being in the body of Christ, study the word. Understand what it is he's, he's expecting of you. Pastor, uh, I almost said Pastor Bob, <laughs> one day maybe, but uh, uh, Deacon Bob, he did an excellent job preaching his sermon today, right? And, 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 and one of the major themes and points that I took away from what he said today was, was it's about his will for my life, right? Not just about what I want, but for what he wills. But the only way I can know that is if I study the word. And as I study the word, Keeping in mind, keeping first that Jesus is God, then I'm able to engage the culture around me confidently. So that's my closing thoughts. Jesus is God, but you got to study to get to really get to know him. You got to study the word and listen to what the word of God is saying to you. Amen. Open up your love letters, read them, embrace them, memorize them. Amen. And with that, Pastor, if you can close us out in prayer. Yes, sir. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for just for this time to be able to sit down and just and rap about a, about your word, about about who you are.
we, we love you, God, and we thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And, and we love the fact that you have revealed to us who you are and your nature, your character to us, God. I pray that you just help us to, 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 to represent you in every interaction we have, whether it be family, friends, coworkers, or whatever. Represent you to the fullest, Lord, understanding that we are the body of Christ, each of us members of one another. And so it is our duty to be your representative. It is our duty to study the word. It is our duty to engage the culture around us. It is our duty to be a light in this dark world. I thank you, Lord. I love you, God. Um, uh, keep us safe, Lord, from all that's going on around us with this virus and whatnot as we move closer to um, this election and everything else. Lord, just continue to guide us with yes. your wisdom. Um, let us know um, um, what it is that we are charged to do and where we ought to stand in the you know face of so much uncertainty. And I thank you for your guidance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. May God keep you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Morning Word Podcast. We pray that you were blessed with what you heard today. You were able to get some insight on how to live a better life closer to God. If you wish to continue to listen to this word, please subscribe to our podcast on the following platforms. Apple's Podcasts, Google Casts, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. If you wish to view us live during our services, just simply go to newpministries.org. That is newpministries.org, where you'll be able to stream live services on a weekly basis. And with that being said, we pray that you continue to reach, teach, and love somebody new. Have a blessed week.